Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. All right, we're live, so welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today I'm going to be joined by a special guest, going to be joined by the one and only... The infamous Ty Yeager, who is part of Pounding the Rock. Ty, welcome, and it's been some time since I've had you on, man. It's been a while since I've done podcasting in general. We just fi- we finally did an episode of At the Line last week after the trade deadline, and now finally, finally, I've got a little bit of time that I can actually do stuff. So I'm I'm excited to be back. I was gonna wait for you to do your you know the rock kind of intro. Finally. Ty has returned <laughs> <laughs> to podcasting. Life happens, dude. You know, everybody's working and stuff, yeah. you know? I mean, it, it is what it is. But glad to have you back on, you know, talking a little bit about Spurs basketball with you. And let's go ahead and dive right in and just get right to it. I mean, let's talk about the news that broke, which is Gorgon Dragic, the dragon. <laughs> he has officially been waived by the San Antonio Spurs. This happened earlier today. And we kind of, everybody you know, pretty much knew that this was going to happen. It's not too. No, I, I was blindsided. What are you oh, talking God. about? I was <laughs> blindsided by this news. I got a number nineteen jersey and everything. Let me see. So it. happy to see. You. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I actually do have a number nineteen jersey. One moment. Are we oh, going to no, get the Gorgon go. Dragic tribute video? All right, let's hang it up. Yeah, there it is. We'll duct tape the name. The name's different, but. There it is. It's, it's totally not a Luca jersey that I bought as a joke, but <laughs> and remember, it's I'm number nineteen, twice yeah. a spur, never a spur. Gordon Dragic, thank there you, you so much for everything. Thank you so much for everything, buddy. You for, think we're gonna get the tribute video? <laughs> we're yes. gonna get a tribute video when he comes through. Love it. <laughs> I love it. How many seconds did he play for the Spurs? All but zero on the court. You know. Thank you for so all you did. <laughs> Thank you for everything. your contribution. Thank you for everything, Gor- Gorgon. <laughs> so, Thank you. And speaking with him, you know, speaking about Gorgon Dragic here, and everybody knew he was going to be traded. And now there's an empty roster spot, you know? I mean, who do you think the Spurs are going to go ahead and, and get to fill this spot? Or are they just going to go ahead and move somebody that they have currently on the roster, say, you're up? There's four different routes I think this can go, and... The first one, I don't think it's the most exciting one. It's the keep the roster spot open. Don't do anything with it. Just keep an open roster spot just so you have it. Now, that's probably not going to be happening, but that's a possibility. Doubt it, though. But the second route is you promote one of your two-way players and Devontae Kaycock or Joe Wieskamp. I think that might be one of the more probable ways of doing it. Uh, we've seen it across the league where teams were – Teams finally got open roster spots after the deadline. And they said, we liked our two-way guy. We want to promote him and also be, have the ability to sign him as a restricted free agent going to next season. That's always a possibility. The third one is Spurs maybe promote from Austin. But also, again, you kind of have to think, you have two-way guys. Why would you promote someone from Austin and not them first? But that's still a possibility. Or you can go into free agency, get someone, even though you're not really fighting for a championship, but just have someone on the roster and possibly bring them over next season. There's a good list of names uh, in free agency right now that 
can easily be that can easily be picked up, be a nice young talent that you can possibly keep on your roster going in the long term. But it's like those are probably the most four possible ways to go about. And which one we go with? I'm sure. Yeah, I, I suspect that they might go ahead and just promote from within. It would kind of not be a, a total shock if they wind up picking up a player. You know, maybe they go ahead and do one of the infamous contracts, you know, short term, 10 day contract, 30 day contract, whatever they would decide to do, you know, and just kind of fill the the roster spot. Let's see where the record is currently, you know, when as we get later and later into the season, I guess that will kind of gauge what they want to do, you know, because if they're still flirting with that play in game and they're only a couple games out, well, they might want to do something. But all in all, I mean, I think they're just going to promote from within maybe Devonte Kaycock, like you said, you know, uh, Joe Wieskamp. You know, I think those are probably the 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 smart fits. You know, <laughs> we're going to go yeah. ahead and look from within, you know, people that we already have over with the Austin Spurs, you know, and the way and the way they can go about to if you promote one of those two way guys, you have a two way contract that opens up that you can sign someone from Austin, maybe, maybe an Eric Coleman, maybe who else, who else is down in Austin? I forgot names by now. But like, there's multiple players that you can also replace and put into that two-way spot if you do promote one of those two-way guys. Yeah, my uh, favorite player that was playing with the Austin Spurs never made it to the NBA. But I, I love me some Ledbetter, man. <laughs> I like Ledbetter was awesome. I loved him, man. He he, he was one of my first uh, like NBA interviews, and he he was great with them. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but he was he was a good guy. Yeah, he was a cool guy. That's why I liked him so much. And even watching him when he would play with the with the squad, you know, in the summer league, and he was just helping the young guys out there, you know, kind of, you know, come into their own, try to give advice and try to be a little little bit of a leader out there on the court for them because he was the veteran. He had been with the Austin Spurs for, for a little bit, you know, and he was getting up there in age, but just never made it over here, man. He's one of those guys that I wish would have at least come in and just played a couple minutes with the San Antonio Spurs, you know. We could have got a picture with him in a in a Spurs jersey. You know, I would have got my Ledbetter jersey. <laughs> he he got signed to a few train he train camp rosters, so th- there was at least some Ledbetter jersey in the in the Spurs store at one point, knowing how that operates. There has to be. Has there's to a, be. there's a jersey going about out there. We all know it. Yeah, we'll have to I'll probably have to make one now with my 3D printer just just for Shits and giggles, though, Ty. <laughs> you got to hang up in the rafters. You got to. You have to. <laughs> have a little miniature rafter hanging up here with my 3D printer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I see that blank spot on over your right shoulder. Perfect yeah. spot for it. Well, actually, the blank spots are going to start getting filled up here because I got to take a lot of this stuff down because I'm going to be redoing the studio in, in the back and probably putting up some lighting, make it look a little better. And put up some of the memorabilia that I have. I have so much. In fact, I need to get with you because I need to send you some stuff that I have over to you so you can put it and display it on your wall there. Because you have some I have spots. my wall. It's not it's in the living room. It's not in here. I got pretty much every wall, but like right here that you guys can't see in a nar spot right here that's all blank. But yeah. I need I do need to add a Finland flag. I, I know oh, that's that's very important. <laughs> We're not going to go there. We know why. It's an inside joke, but it's pretty funny. Uh, but I have one spot. I have one more spot for a flag. That's that's the next one. Yeah, you got to put the, the Finland flag up there just, just for the <laughs> hell of it. You have to. You have yeah. to now. But just for fun. I got to ask you a question, now. though. You know, one of the things going down a memory lane here with you real quick. Do you still have the 
what is it the tag that came on the the luggage the luggage tag that Matt, yes, that I do. That's, that's, that's hanging up on the highest point on the Spurs wall in the living room. It's always going to be with you. <laughs> it's always always is it's not, that thing ain't going anywhere. Yeah, there if you this, go. If this if this apartment starts burning down, there's going to be <laughs> two things I get: my cats and that damn autograph. What about the Drew jersey? I don't man? care about everything else. Sorry about for what your Drew jersey? Oh, God. all right, three things. I'm going <laughs> to. Grab the Drew Fiesta jersey, my cats, and that damn Manu autograph. Yeah. Nothing, everything else can burn. You know, I just finished. I'm knock a wood. I can't. I can't chance this. We just finished getting a cat not too long ago. You know, and cats are are, are strange, strange animals, man. My cat. Ted, where are you at? Is so random. Like, I buy her toys and everything, and I've bought her like a ton of toys from, I don't know, PetSmart and everything else. You know, that's around here. And my cat will not play with her toys very much. She likes to play with Q-tips, pens, and pencils. Just just so odd and random, dude. And like, if she's... You gotta, you gotta she, get that catnip spray. She That's has... What it will, she has some of that, you know? But she's just so weird. Like, she'll sit next to me, and then all of a sudden, I'm not even, like, I'm doing nothing. I'm just letting her sit on her pillow, not even petting her or touching her. And then out of nowhere, she just comes and grabs my hand with her paws and bites me. But not like a hard bite, like a play bite. I'm just like, yeah. what is your deal, man? <laughs> they're, they're, they're really unique. They have their own little like personalities, man. My, my cat's just so random. I love cats. Ted here in my lap, he is a very sociable animal. He will... He does not mind if I'm walking up to him. I like he wasn't underneath the bed. And I just slid him out. He didn't bother. He just he's chill like that. But then I have Marvel, who who is much more skittish. I can't get too close to. It's all dependent. Every cat's different, like everyone else. Yeah, and you know what? At least the cat that you have right there, his name is Ted. He has he's silver, you know, or gray, kind of like silver and black. So I like that. Yeah, he, he he's a great cat. Yeah, Isn't there that you right, go. Ted? There you go. So as we start getting away from the cat talk, because we digress here, <laughs> we're going on. T- every time I come on, every time I come on, we never really talk too much Spurs, do we? I know, dude. It's like odd. Like we start <laughs> going down another route, you know, it's like it's odd. Always happens, but it's fun. The best podcast go down rabbit holes. What can I say? I know. So <laughs> we move away from but, the the Gorgon Dragage so, talk. Actually, so just going, because I know that we had rosters, we were talking about yeah. players that we could sign, that they could sign. I actually did grab a list of players that okay. I was actually surprised by some of the names on the list that were like in free agency right now. So you got you could bring back the big banger Aaron Baines as he's trying to make a comeback, but I doubt that. But like I think the Spurs, if they are gonna sign someone, I think it's not gonna be in that guard spot. It's gonna be more in the forward, like that three through five. You got Willie Colley Stein, Jordan Bell, Taco Fall, if you really want to have fun, Harry Giles, uh Eric Holman, as I mentioned down in Austin. There's a bunch of guys that the Spurs could honestly pick up that would not be bad flyers in any way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to some of those. I mean, bring back the big banger, Aaron Baines. Why not? You know, you can go ahead and pair him with Yuck Landell. <laughs> you know, we got two Aussies, so it's not bad. I, w- I would dig it, dude. I'd go for it. But let's I mean, go. Like you have, there's a bunch of guys that, that honestly could be useful in any way in terms of have, being an end of bench guy. Yeah. And I got, I got, we, we know some stories about Aaron Baines that are really funny, but we can't, we won't, we won't go there, but it was funny nonetheless. Fun guy. Yeah. Fun guy. <laughs> but 
Let's go in and talk about the Spurs falling short uh, to the Chicago Bulls. The Spurs, man, this is the thing. The fans are getting a little perturbed. They get upset, you know. And they got to find a scapegoat, man. For some odd reason today, though, Todd, it's been Trey Jones. I told you. I, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that noticed that today. I'm like, I'm, why? I am glad I'm not the only one that noticed it. Because whenever I sit down, people are like, what? I don't see that. I'm like, what the hell are you guys been? I've been seeing this in like, repl- in like replies to tweets all day. It's been, day. it's been happening since the morning. I've been seeing people post stuff about Trey Jones. I'm like, why are you all attacking the dude, man? He's like 22 years old, second year in the league. I'm like, come on. Spurt, Spurs Twitter needs a scapegoat. Logic be damned. What can I say? Yeah. It's it, there. They, everyone just needs a scapegoat. And it's kind of hard whenever most of the players on the, on the, in the rotation, pretty good, pretty good. Like they're not superstar. They're not all star, all stars outside of one. But, like, they're pretty good, and you can't really – It's whenever you go to scapegoat someone, you're not really scapegoating a bad player that can be – that you can find logic to. It's very irrational to say Trey Jones is a bad player. He's like, the reason – Yeah? He's the reason the team is losing. No, he's not. <laughs> you watched the game yesterday. All 12 minutes, baby. All yeah. 12 minutes, he – He's the reason they lost, even though he was only a minus one on the court. Yeah, it's it's not him. <laughs> it's it's the thing with Trey Jones is I think everyone has seen Jalen Brunson kind of emerge as this really good point guard at, out of the second round, and suddenly everyone thinks, oh, Trey Jones needs to be that way. He needs to be a scorer. Yeah. He needs to be a guy that's going to be a game changer and ask for fifteen million this upcoming summer. No, that's not how it works. And Trey Jones does not need to be like that. And funny enough, while he did go scoreless last game, he still had four assists in a steal. He's still playing really good basketball. It's just not a scoring role. And I yeah. think people need to be realize that, one, Jalen Brunson's, Jalen Brunson's don't come around often. And two, not all these guys are going to be finished products. He's only 22 in his second year in the league. He's not going to be a finished product right away. Yeah, so they just need to kind of lay off of him a little bit. Like, find another scapegoat. The, the kid's just trying to find his footing right now. But the Spurs did lose to the Bulls by a final score of 120 to 109. And and the final numbers, I mean, you look at them, and, and you're, I'm looking right now, you know, points in the paint. Spurs outscored the Bulls 70 to 52. Fast break points. Chicago best at the Spurs 15 to 11. Bench points. The bench came up big for the San Antonio Spurs in last night's game. Spurs bench scored 40 points compared to Chicago's 12 because Chicago doesn't have a lot of depth. They have to rely heavily on their starting unit. But regardless, I mean, the Spurs put up some of these numbers here. And and at the end of the day, they just couldn't get it done in crunch time. And it's a shame, too, because then you had Lonnie Walker, you know, and and Lonnie Walker gets a lot of flack, you know, and and I'm... Guilty of it as well because of his inconsistencies. But he has games where he looks pretty darn good. And yesterday, he looked pretty damn good. He scored 21 points for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, usually you look at the plus minus and you look at Lonnie and it's, you know, not very well, not very good. Uh, Yesterday's game was only a minus seven. So he was doing some good things out there on the court. The, The only thing with Lonnie, though, is that it's just not consistent. You know, he'll have a game here and there. He'll score 20, he'll score 17, and then he just kind of is flat, you know, and doesn't really do a lot of of the little things for for Spurs, Spurs, Spurs fans' flavor, you know. 
And and I get yeah. it. I get it. You know, and he's coming up. He's a, he's in a contract year and all. You think he would have been doing a little bit more, showing that he's put some things together in his, you know, four years that he's played here with the San Antonio Spurs. Unfortunately, it hasn't come to life yet. So at the end of the day, I, I don't know, man. I think the, the, the writing's on the wall with Lonnie. Well, I think he's a fantastic person, individual, great things that he's done for the community, really gets out there and does a whole lot. I just think at the end of the day, it, it's probably not going to be in his best interest to to stick around here. And if he gets, uh, you know, some looks in free agency and somebody's willing to pay him a, a hell of a lot more and he gets a maybe a bigger role. I mean, I, I think he's going to go ahead and bounce and take it, you know? Yeah, it's I tweet this out saying that it's, I don't think it's too late for him to really redeem himself. And like if you look at his past few games, 17 points and 21 points on what kind of shooting is that? Let's look at it. Specifically, 57% shooting as well as 34% from deep. That's not bad. And honestly, coming off the bench, that's what Spurs fans have been wanting from him all year long. And yeah, the inconsistency is there. And I think that's a lot more mental than than physical stuff that's all in the head. If Lonnie can, honestly can overcome that, Kind of keep up some consistent scoring for the rest of the season. Yeah, he might have like one or two games down if you go all 82. But if he can stay consistent, bring you at least like 15 points off the bench per game in this in this run, I think that's redeeming. It's now it does come into the question of do the Spurs see him in his in their future? Are they looking? looking to go after a guy like Zach Levine, Bradley Beal possibly in free agency because they're going to have all this money. Yeah, you can say Spurs are not free. San Antonio's not a free agent destination, but that is not the Marcus Aldridge from signing here. Before. Darn it, now, we I have an NBA time. all-star now, Ty. We are attractive. You do. <laughs> there, You have a young team that's pretty damn talented overall. It's just they've been falling short in crunch time. Like that Bulls game, that was a good game. If you all... That was a like for majority of the game, it was a good game for 40 minutes. It was only like in that crunch time that the Spurs kind of started faltering. They started getting away from how they were playing basketball yeah. for the rest of the game and try to have their guys individually do too much without help around them. Yeah, it was they played and, good ball for 44 minutes, but it's a 40 48 minute game, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, but it's like you still have a good team. You have a team that can stay competitive. Even even though they were going against some, like we've seen all season, this team has been very competitive against some of the best teams in the league. It's just they falter in crunch time, they cr- they falter in overtime, just because they kind of transition to basketball. That's you kind of, you need a play when it comes to in crunch time, but you don't have a player that can really execute and finish that type of play. Yeah, they they're now, lacking Dejounte that dynamic score. The do it, but yeah. you don't. You still need that superstar. That's why the Spurs are kind of. They're kind of banking on either this draft or going to free agency, which they're kind of set up to do either or. Yeah, the problem with the Spurs that I've seen since, you know, the beginning of the season is just, you know, their inconsistencies, particularly in crunch time, you know, in that fourth quarter, they're not able to sustain leads. Um, they they garnish their leads, even if they're up by as many as 20 points, 18 points and 20 plus points. We've seen them lose big leads uh, against other teams in the fourth quarter. And I think I attribute that to a lack of, inex- of, a, of experience. You know, this is still a very young team. You do have DeJounte Murray, who's really just balling. You know, he's almost putting up a triple-double every other night. You know, he's a double-double machine out there on the court. He's having to play at such a high level just to keep the Spurs in the game. You know, he does need some help, but 
unfortunately, you're, you're surrounded by a young, budding team. And at that, when you have young players, they're, they're going to make some boneheaded decisions in, in crunch time when the other opposing team starts to really up their defense. And, and the, the thing with the Spurs is they go through long spurts, too, where they don't even knock down a shot. And that's not conducive to you winning games. I mean, you have to be able to knock down your mid-range jumpers, your wide-open three-pointers, your wide-open shots in general, you know? And not only that, but poor decision-making, too, rears its ugly head in crunch time because they turn the ball over. And, and they turn the ball over at inopportune times when they're almost, you know, they're only down by two points. They're down by one point. And if they were to make that, you know, that two-pointer, they could get a one-point lead or they could have maybe even knocked down a three and, and, and got the lead there or even tied the game. But those opportunities never come to fruition because of, of bad decisions with the ball. You got to protect the ball. And I think they get a little bit complacent. Nobody wants to kind of take the shot. They kind of want to pass the ball and they want to pass the ball. Let me pass the ball to the other guy because he looks like he's going to get a, a, a cleaner shot, a cleaner look at the basket. But somebody's got to take the shot at the end of the day. And it can't also always be DeJounte. Somebody's got to step up, you know, and um, yeah, go ahead. Overall, it's like you said, it's an experience. Yeah. And these are guys that never really been in crunch time in terms of this kind of position, at least on the NBA level. Now, they may have been in high, in high school and college, but not the NBA level. And NBA is just a whole different game. It's the experience is going to come here. This again, this is the first year for a lot of these guys in really elevated roles. It's Devin Vassell is certainly in a very much elevated role in the past three games alone where without Derek being here. And some of these guys are going to learn. I think DeJounte has certainly learned how to step up, but he's not been able to completely step up when it comes to crunch time. But still, it's like you can't ignore it all and all NBA, all NBA defensive type season from him. And but if you compare him up with someone that can really take over and scoring can is okay that like you can just overall the team is missing a reliable go-to score. Dejounte can be that guy occasionally, but you need a guy that's not afraid to take the ball. That's kind of like what the idea of Josh Primo is. Devin Vassell has shown some creation. We've all been in Lonnie be that type of guy after that Houston game. That's just who the Spurs are looking for at this moment. And overall, it's like guys that, like you said, they're too scared to take the shot. They're looking, they're looking to make the extra pass instead of taking a wide open shot. And Hopefully, in time, that's going to, that they're going to learn their lesson. They've certainly learned a lot of their lessons so far throughout the season. As I feel like this team's gotten better, the games are keep staying close. They keep staying competitive. Now they keep losing, but oh well, tank season's uh, upon us. And who it's only probably going to be one season at the at this rate. Yeah, I think Coach Pop said it best. He, there was a comment that he had after the game. I think I saw it uh, by our good friend uh, Tom Petrini here, and he had quoted Coach Pop as saying. This is a rebuilding time. You can say it. And it's okay to say it. It's, it's like such a bad word if you go on Spurs Twitter to say rebuild. Everybody is very careful to say, we're reloading. We're retooling. No, it's okay to rebuild. It's, it's all right. It's not a dirty word. Coach Pop even says it right here. This is a rebuilding time. You can say it. Coach Popovich says, we're not going to win a championship this season. And I think that's the thing. This team is not going to win a championship. You you got to see where the team is and kind of lower your expectations at this point. They might not even be yeah. vying for the playing game. They might flirt with it, but it just depends on what this team actually does to go ahead and close out the season. They're going to be coming up against the All-Star break right after, you know, the rodeo road trip, you know? So it's like 
let's see what they do. You know, they can go ahead and maybe change change things around a little bit and, you know, maybe really start flirting with that playing game. If the other teams in front of them get injuries, get injuries or they just start not playing very good and they start digressing. We've seen that happen right now with the Los Angeles Lakers, for example. They just haven't played very good basketball. The Spurs right now, I believe they're two games behind the Portland Trailblazers, and they just went ahead and traded C.J. McCollum. So they might digress a little bit as well. Anything is possible. Really, at the end of the day, if the Spurs do make the play-in game, they've exceeded expectations in my book. It's a win. But I also would wish that they don't make the play-in game because that translates to a higher draft pick. So I'm kind of torn in between the two, you know? Yeah, it's it. That's kind of been my, that's kind of been me this season too. It's I've said it before. I'm going. It's a go with the flow type mindset that I've gone into the season. If the team wins, I'm going to enjoy the high of it. I'm going to enjoy that the Spurs got a good win. Fun. And most of these wins have been pretty damn fun too. But if they lose, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to make it and let it ruin my night. I did let it like the first few losses ruin my night. I'm like, and I learned that you can't. You can't have that. You can't let. You can't let a silly game affect you in such an emotional state that you're going to be hurting after a simple regular season loss. Now, that you lose in the playoffs, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing, and I understand it. I'm not going to judge you for being upset. We were all there for Ray Allen. I We get it. Why do you have to bring but, that up, dude? I hate that. I hate watching that you game and the No, what the, the feeling is. I need, I need to relate. Everyone needs to relate to it. I need them to understand what I'm talking You're about. You're putting salt in an open wound when you say that. Ray Allen. I freaking hate that name. <laughs> you, put salt in the, you put salt in the wound whenever you said that Spurs weighed Gordon Drogic. I couldn't. I was oh hurt. Do you know God. how hurt I was? You wanted to get your jersey? I have another 19 jersey that I got to <laughs> put in my closet and never wear again. Well, we can get you a custom one. It'll just say Drogic <laughs> on the back and you can hang it up. <laughs> oh, no. I can get I'm you a bootleg a one. Box and everything. Yeah, I'll get you a Go bootleg one. You can put it in the shadow box. Just don't get it wet, dude, because it'll disintegrate. <laughs> going to catch on fire. Dude, you know, I mean, this is like we're digressing again. But you know what? I just saw the other day driving around town. I saw a stand where they were just selling bootleg Spurs Fiesta jerseys. And I'm like, you know what? Let me pull over just to see how bad they look. The colors were off. The things were unraveling. I'm just like, no. Why would people want to fe- spend 50 bucks on that? Whenever they are the fake Fiesta jerseys last year were being were coming out all over the place, I was like, I became a jersey expert and, and able to point out fakes when I saw them, just from certain little tags, stitching, color work. It's like you can if you know what you're looking for, you're gonna spot. You can call someone out for wearing a fake jersey. Yeah, but I was like, I'll just spend the sixty bucks. Go buy Fanatics one. At least get that's a minimalistic one. Go go buy it. Stop being a cheap ass. Yeah, the, but, the bootleg one was was horrid, and it was fifty bucks. I'm like, damn, they're selling these for fifty bucks. You could for ten bucks more. You can at least get a fanatics one. Come on, guys. <laughs> no, they wanted the bootleg one, the bootleg one. I'm just like, no, the color looked really off. You know how you can like you're, we're familiar with the Spurs Fiesta colors pretty much. Yeah, you know, you, you should be able to spot. Hold on, let's get the jerseys. Let's get them. <laughs> that dropped on the floor. This is a Fiesta jersey. The thing, I'm going to give everyone a lesson, then I'm going to go back to my spiel about mindsets. The Fiesta jersey is pretty easy to spot out when you see a fake. First, if this frosted patch is in there, it's a fake. 
if this icon, if this one isn't here, it's probably a fake, unless it's a fanatic yeah, one. And it's a diamond one too. It has a hologram on it, like a holographic yeah. thing to it. Then the big one. See how this says dry fit? If this says anything different, that's a fake ass jersey right there. I've seen some weird I forgot what they were. It said it's like dry with D R Y. It's horrible <laughs> fakemanship. It's but it's like there's those are kind of like the three indicators of how if things are fake. And then if this side stitching, you can tell by the colors. If if the colors are off, you'll know. It's and doesn't just, it have a patch too? Like on the bottom it says Nike or something like that on it? It does. Um on specifically on these on the, these faster jerseys, they have a silver and a black and silver stripe to it as the old classic colors. So kind of keep an eye on that. Also, it's a, this says City Edition, obviously. Yeah, there but you go. All, all of the jerseys that are different, you can find fakes easily, and you can be faked out pretty easily. Yeah, the bootlegs so. don't also, have Also, don't, don't go to shitty websites. Come on, guys. What are you doing? You're getting scammed. What is scammed. that one called? Uh, I forgot what it's called. I don't called. remember. You're getting scammed. Don't Just go to real real websites. I know that... I know those prices are cheap, but you're buying what you're paying for. Yeah, exactly. It might not make it, right. not make it over in one piece. <laughs> no kidding. It, it, or it might take a few months. Yeah. But back to my mindset. But like, if you're letting, if you're letting losses really negatively affect your, your mental state, you're probably get invested a little too much. The only guys that are allowed to really kind of physically get upset are the, the team itself in terms of players and coaches. And guys that lost a shit ton of money because they were dumb and bet on a regular season NBA game. Like myself. As I <laughs> lost money as John T. didn't get triple double the other night. No, oh, man. I learned my lesson quick. There you go. I usually don't but bet don't, on the games. I don't. I did that bet three six that bet three six five thing in the Spurs app. I never do gone it. I get like two I get two hundredth or higher every single time. I've gotten at that I've gotten thousand plays multiple times. It's oh, not fun. God. But, but with this season, go with the flow. That's the way that I've done it, and I've enjoyed the season a lot. You enjoy the highs, and you don't get brought too low by the the lows. And honestly, it's like the Spurs are suddenly winning like they were went two game win streak. I'm like, huh? The plane the plane's there. Here's the pros of that. Yeah, there's these negatives, but I like the pros. Yeah. AKA, I like the idea of being the Lakers, possibly in the in the plane and sending them home because why not? But then also if when the losses come, you're like, all right, it does suck that you're losing, but there's some really talented guys at the top of this this draft. And these are guys yeah. that can dramatically change and fa- and help this organization move even quicker in this rebuild. So you're like, I see the advantages of w- even losing is not an advantage in itself, but getting that higher draft odds for a guy that can really help your team go starting next season. That's always a pro. So. Just go with the flow. Yeah, the Spurs are going to have some cap space available. And they'll even have more if, let's say, for example, they don't decide to extend one Lonnie Lonnie Walker or he decides to go ahead and, you know, test the free agency waters and he winds up bouncing from the team. That'll free up more cap space. I think by that time, the Spurs might have, I read somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 28 mil, maybe 30, somewhere in that neighborhood to to really throw out a free agent uh, this summer, which is pretty good it's it's gonna be they're gonna be one of the tops in the league that you know one of the top teams in the league that actually have money to go after somebody in free agency and you know what at the end of the day whether people like to say this is a small market the spurs aren't attractive the money 
will attract people. <laughs> Trust me, money will attract players, even if you money have to talk. overspend. Money Ex talk. Exactly. And you know, one and of the things I wanted to, to mention real quick too, Ty, was I wanted to mention uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan, former Spur DeMar DeRozan. And the loss the Spurs had to the Bulls, he looked unstoppable. And I was happy for DeMar because, I mean, he was shelling out, dude. He played a, a really stellar game. He was, he had four, a, a team, uh, not a team, but a game high 40 points. And in the plus minus, he was a plus 15. I know a lot of Spurs fans used to give him a lot of flack for him always being in the minus, you know? Well, with the Bulls, he's in the plus because he has a better, I guess, talent base that's surrounding him right now, you know, especially him being in that starting unit. I mean, 40 points. I mean, he went eight for eight from the free throw line, 16 of 24 from the field, shooting 66. 0.7%. I mean, the guy put up some good numbers. So kudos to, to former Spur DeMar DeRozan, who's balling over there with the, the Chicago Bulls. I wish him nothing but the best. And he looks like he, he might be making a run in the playoffs with this team. And the thing with the thing with the Bulls, it's like you can say that they certainly have a better cast, but it's like they have a cast that fits him much more. Yeah. That true enough. You got you have guys that complement him much better than guys like DeJounte and Derek Ward. It's like it's DeJounte and Derek have their own play styles. DeJounte is very ball dominant. And he's not really, you don't really do too much when you don't have the ball. When, but DeRozan's certainly ball dominant. And when you have like a one two attack in him and Levine, it's dangerous. Last, the other night against, when they were playing against San Antonio, when they didn't have Levine, they didn't have Caruso, they didn't have ball. Instead, they just, him and Vucevic were just picking and tacking with that pick and roll. Constantly, 25 points from Vooch, 16 rebounds, while DeRozan, of course, had that 40-point game. It's, like, it's hard to beat those two whenever you do have a talent that just fits your that fits that play style much better. And they have a much better all-around defensive team. And just overall, it's like they destroyed the Spurs on the boards, 53-33. to 33. That was a big reason that they won and they were able to do, close it out. Even though the Spurs had a lot more steals, Forced a lot more turnovers on the Bulls. And fairly good shooting still. 40, 48% from the Spurs last night from the floor. It's like, you can have good games, but there's going to be... Sometimes those two players on the other side, they're going to make the difference and just hurt you for it. And that's that's kind of how it was with the Bulls. Again, DeMar, he's dangerous. DeMar, it's I don't think all any of us have said that DeMar is bad. He's always been good. He was just never a good fit, if yeah. anyone understands that. He was just never a good fit with San Antonio and the talent around him. It's, And it's harder for a team to replace their talent and put someone to put, build a team around a 32-year-old whenever you can just keep your assets and start building around your younger assets for a longer, long-term plan. Yeah, and that's basically what the, the Spurs were doing at this point, you know. I think it sent a clear message, especially with the, you know, all the trades that they made. They, they complained, the, the Spurs fans complained that the team didn't have a, a direction of where they were going. I think after all these trades and them acquiring the picks, there's a clear direction on where this team is going. They're believing in their youth, you know, and the, the youth movement that they have going on. And they're going to start looking, like you said, they can either start looking to the NBA draft to go ahead and go after some players. And they have the potential now to actually move up in the draft or they can go ahead and Maybe trade some picks, do something, you know, in, in the when the yeah. NBA draft actually hits. Uh, and they are going to have money so they can actually go after some people in, in free agency or, you know, maybe some top players, some top talent 
to help DeJounte with? Because DeJounte, he needs some help, man. <laughs> he needs some help bad because the way that I see it is you have one. The, this is the scenario to success with one NBA star on your team, an all star like we have with DeJounte. You can be competitive, but it's not going to translate into a lot of wins, which we're seeing right now. You have two stars on your team. Okay, you can make some noise and you can have a, a pretty decent regular season record. Doesn't mean that you're going to get very far in the playoffs. Once you have three stars on your team, then you're going to be in the talks of, hey, this team can go far in the playoffs and possibly be even, you know, in the talk for winning an NBA championship. Right now, Spurs have one NBA All-Star and the guy needs some help, you know? It, to me, it's, I don't even think you need three bona fide all-stars to be on your team to really win a championship what teams really need are two really good guys honestly you just need two really good guys that can take command and a strong supporting cast that's what we've seen in these championship teams as of late yeah we saw with the bucks you have Giannis and middleton who are your two bona fide stars and a solid supporting cast around them that really elevated them as a whole we saw with the lakers in the bubble you have LeBron and AD, who are your ultimate two guys, and then a strong supporting cast that was really defensive-minded and really helped that team out. We see That's how the Spurs really operated. Yeah, you did have a big three, but it's like not all big th- all, not all three of those guys went off. They always had two guys that were really game-changers ch- and then had the rest of the cast support them in a strong way. Yeah. So that that's the way – I think the Spurs have a solid young cast that they can utilize – but they do need that second star at minimum. Yeah. So they need to get a guy like Le- get a guy like Levine, get a or draft a guy like Jabari Smith, like a P- Banchero, someone that can really elevate. You're going to really start the tank for Banchero talk now. <laughs> I honestly, if you want to tank, you're taking for Jabari Smith, man. Jabari Smith, I think Banchero is good, but I think Smith is even better, at least in my opinion, in terms of the skill set that like would complement. DeJounte specifically but honestly like I said you can't really go wrong in this top at least in the top three top five you can't go wrong honestly either it's it's such a really good draft at the top that you should not be disappointed the Spurs the Spurs fall into the lottery you honestly shouldn't yeah I'm going to be excited if they fall in the top you know seven even the top five me and uh Ben Ben Bornstein are going to be very excited I think everyone should if Spurs get a top five pick, they everyone should be excited. I don't that's how you that's how good at least the top five of the draft from what I've seen, what I've been told, top five is just a solid in my opinion. Yeah. But luckily with w- what they did the trade deadline, with what they've done with their cap space, the Spurs are set up for success in any way. They can either get that top pick. They maybe they drop two, maybe they get the seventh overall pick in the lottery. Well, they have assets to trade up. And that's they can easily use that in terms of using picks, using all three of their picks to trade up, or maybe throw the picks and maybe a guy like Yaka Pertle to really entice someone to trade up. You know, they have I, assets to do that. You know what I was thinking right now? I was laughing because I remember the reaction that everybody had in last year's draft when the Spurs drafted Primo. We were dumbfounded over here in the studio. We're doing. We the, all were. I think we all. And it was so funny, the reactions, because everybody was like, oh, how do you feel? I'm like, I need a minute. You know, I don't know what happened. And then I went and I looked at your your guy. You, you knew you guys were, were covering the NBA draft as well. So I went back and looked at your live stream. And it was hilarious, the the reaction from you and Noah and Mac. I was just, I was on the floor no, laughing. Noah's, Noah's disappointment 
because he saw it early while the rest of us were like we we didn't want to see it and whenever i saw that he wasn't excited i'm like oh no it's not gonna go well <laughs> but it's like but this again this is all at this is at the time of the draft that yeah primo at least in terms of writers and everything were was a reported late like mid to late first round type guy i did i know that they they did a workout with him and i wrote i wrote him up i didn't like do too much digging and like it was a surprise in the long in a in the long run when you find out all the information that teams were already going to pick him up in that teens area like if the spurs didn't draft him at 11 overall he was going to get picked somewhere else like right away and also it's the idea of drafting drafting a year early where if he was in this year's draft he's going to be a top 10 type guy no matter anyway so Spurs drafted early, and there's a lot of other information that you learn after the fact. In hindsight, in hindsight, did I have a poor reaction? Yeah, but it's. I think everyone everyone is very emotionally driven, as we've talked about already. And after you do a lot of research and you see what other writers are saying, you kind of get into that same mindset. Yeah, so I'm glad they drafted Primo. You know, after the fact. But what do you think about my catchphrase for Primo? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it to you. So every time right. Primo shoots a three. I know you're going to cringe. I say primo for three-mo. <laughs> we all say three-mo. That's not, I don't really? cringe at that. I say three-mo. Okay. Well, I yeah, guess I I'm not the three-mo. only one. You're, you're not alone. Okay. You're not the only one. Because sometimes uh, somebody DM me the other day and they're like, I hate that catchphrase. I hate when people put primo for three-mo. I'm like, you know what? Makes me want to put it on a shirt <laughs> and wear it proudly in the AT&T Center, you know? <laughs> I think people would love that. I think people would love that. Primo for three-mo. And I, I got to attribute uh, my my friend over here, Jonas Clark, too. He's the one that came up with that nickname for Jakob, Block of Portal. And it kind of just stuck and people ran with it. So I like I that love nickname. I love Block of Portal. That's a, that's a great, it's a great nickname. Yeah, I like that as well. But let's go ahead and get some congratulations here as we start coming to a close here and we start getting near the end of the show. Congratulations are in order to one Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond was actually named, not named, but she's going to be inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. And and it's not just Becky. Becky is going to be joined by Delisha Milton-Jones. Penny Taylor uh, is also going to be inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. So congratulations to all the ladies, but in particular, congratulations to one Becky Hammond. I know it means a lot to her, and it's probably going to mean a lot to the Spurs fans, too, to see her get this last accolade as, you know, she's going to be leaving us after this season and now becoming the head coach for the Las Vegas Aces and also their general manager. So wish Becky nothing but success. And I know that not only I will be watching, but a lot of other fans are going to be watching her closely as she goes ahead and becomes the coach of the Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces. I know you'll be watching those games. Not, not only not only the coach, but the president of basketball operations. Yeah, That's why she's going to be one of the highest paid women in sports at the going into that going into that role. And it's very much respected, and I, I I'm excited to see what she does with with the Aces. And honestly, while some people might see this as a knock, whenever you say that, how you always ask yourself, how did this player not win a ring? Becky Hammond is among those top players of one some of the most talented players that just never got a ring yeah. in terms of sports. And it sucks, but you never know; she could win a ring with the Aces, but. She had an amazing career in terms of basketball. She's had an amazing co- a breakout career in terms of coaching that she's 
she's been a pioneer for women in coach and coaching in terms of NBA, in terms of American sports in general. And it's it's exciting that she's going to get the get the Hall of Fame nod. And honestly, she should she's going to do even more even after that even that nomination. I have no doubt. You know, I want to see how far she can take this uh, Las Vegas Aces team. Wish her nothing but success. And as we bring uh, the show to a close here, we're going to go ahead and do a quick preview of tomorrow's game that has a 7 p.m. tip. Not a 6 p.m., but a 7 p.m. tip, finally, is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Spurs are going to be going up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a team that kind of scares me, Ty, because on paper, you look at this game and you're like, okay, the Spurs should win this game. And I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout win. They should win. But should has has me shook, you know, because I've seen this team and, and they squander, you know, double digit leagues in the fourth quarter or even in the third quarter. They just come out flat and they just can't hit a shot, you know, and they dig themselves into a deep hole. Uh, Oklahoma, to me, is one of these teams that if the Spurs don't come out firing on all cylinders and start knocking down their shots quickly, it could spell disaster for them. I hope that they do redeem themselves and they come out hungry and they can go ahead and remain competitive, you know, all the way down to the fourth quarter and somehow find a way to go ahead and win against Oklahoma. The magic number, I think right now is three, uh, if I remember correctly, for Coach Pop. So if Coach Pop, if they can get him three more wins, he will actually become the most winningest coach in NBA history. So I'm hoping that they can get closer to that magic number. But right now, I I don't know. What are your thoughts on this game? It's always a dangerous game when the Spurs are playing against a lesser team because we've seen them play down their competition, but we've also seen them just dominate some of these lesser teams like the Magic. It's You never know what you're going to get, but luckily, Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is, is out. Oh, That's the only guy I was truly worried about. <laughs> and I I think the Spurs should be fine. I know shoulda, woulda, coulda, but they should be, fi- they should be fine with the way that they've been playing, with the way that... DeJounte has been out insane level. Uh, Devin Vassell has actually stepped up, even despite a poor shooting light, night VR night. He's been playing really well since Derek's departure. Lonnie's been playing well to, playing well, as well in the past few two games. It's, I think it's going to be an art test that if the Spurs can really kick the Thunder's ass when the Thunder are already kind of one of the worst teams in the league at the moment, that's always going to be a good sign that this team can... is. They're better than their record, and I think we all we're I think we're all aware of that that this team is better than their record says, and may hopefully they can capitalize going into the All Star break with a solid win. Yeah, yeah. The other team that scares me right after the the Thunder are going to be the Wizards. I mean, the Wizards right now are the eleventh seed in the East. You know, they're still kind of flirting around with that uh, playing game, just like the San Antonio Spurs are. Uh, again, you know that to me is a trap game. It, you can't just look at the record and say, oh. Well, they should have no trouble with this team. And the same thing goes with OKC. You know, and that's the thing. When you have a, a star player, like for OKC, they're going to be without shy. What happened to the Spurs against the Golden State Warriors? The Golden State Warriors were running out there basically with the G League team. And the Spurs all but squandered their lead and they lost that game. And to me, that was the worst loss of the season. Because that game, they, they should have handedly won that game. But they just didn't close, you know. And... Again, looking at this OKC game and looking at the Wizards game, if they can get these two wins on the road, these two back-to-back wins, I think it builds confidence for them moving forward, you know, to show that 
you know what? They can actually close out teams in the fourth quarter and ink out a win. You know, I think that's great. It's going to show a lot of growth for these younger players. It's a confidence booster. You know, I, I want to see them win. I don't want to see them lose. I just want to see them be competitive every single night. And as I stated, I'm fine with the losses, just as long as we see the growth out of the players. So regardless of what happens, I just want to see some growth, Ty. That's it. <laughs> that it's for me it's I just want competitive basketball. I want fun basketball games. That's I want to enjoy watching the team. Even if they lose, if I'm enjoying the the majority of the game, I'm gonna have a good time. Like against Chicago. That was a fun game. That was a fun game to watch. Yeah, they lost it, but I still enjoyed it. And if the Spurs can just kind of maintain that, maintain that lottery odds that and possibly improve them, I'm also not gonna be upset. So it but it's like you this is the Thunder Games the last one going to the All-Star break, and then you have about ten day I wanna say nine, eight days. Nine days. Nine days between games going into from Thunder Game to this Wizard game. And you can see what the Spurs do. I'm not I would like to say I'm not as worried about the about the Wizards knowing that Bradley Beal's out, but also they got Christos Porzingis, who seems to be a Spurs killer. So who knows on that one either. But like I said, go with the flow. Just enjoy this. Enjoy watching these guys, watching these guys develop, and just enjoy it. Enjoy the game, and don't get too emotionally attached to losses. Don't let them bring you down. Yeah, I was going to tell you, Ty. I'll tell you here on camera. I got to be at the game on Friday, March the 18th, to get me a Keldon Johnson bobblehead. Did you see that? You better get me one too. I saw it. You Dude, better get me one. That thing is fire, especially with him riding on the the Mustang. But I got to tell you, the Spurs bobblehead curse is real so this thing has me shook man i don't know hey, how to feel now, about it it's after the trade deadline so it's not so the curse doesn't apply <laughs> it only applies to pre-deadline games okay so we're gonna be safe getting our, our keldon johnson you're, bobblehead you're, you're gonna be safe getting your Dejounte and your keldon johnson bobbleheads don't worry it's after the deadline they can't be traded now <laughs> but what about next season that's what i'm saying the curse is real man look what happened with patty you know, Patty. We had- you're fine. You're fine. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> go, go, go get your bobblehead. If you don't want your bobblehead, give it to me. I'll ex- gladly accept. No, it. No, I want my bobblehead. I'm just like, well, go I love the bobblehead. I just feel guilty. I'm like, yay! I got a bobblehead. Oh no, the curse is real. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel you like feel so guilty about your bobblehead collection. I feel like I I'll should get it, right it blessed or something. Like I got to take it to a Mexican, you know, curandera or something. So they can say a prayer over it. Please protect Keldon at all costs, you know? <laughs> burn some sage around it. That yeah. Maybe that'll help. Make a little Keldon shrine, have a little sage there, like Jobu, you know? <laughs> you you got to bring some sacrifices. You got to bring all the Oz, all Oz screaming and some Mariah Carey albums. Yeah. So I got to tell you, man, my friend uh, Taro Katani is going to be coming into town uh, from uh, Tokyo, Japan. He's scheduled to land here in San Antonio on March the 2nd. He's going to be here for four games. What are the chances that you can make it for at least one game? How long? So, what were the dates again? I got to. I got to look. I got to. I got to talk to him. I don't know what time it is over in, in Tokyo right now, but I will I go know. ahead and DM him. Know. I'll DM him and tell me. Tell him, hey, <laughs> you got to give me the, at least the four games that you're going to be coming to see. You know, I got to find it out. Yeah, because I like the schedule. If it's during a weekend, I can possibly pull it off. But if the week, it's that's rough. I work yeah. like every other day now. Yeah, hopefully it can be a weekend game. Hopefully we can get him to have at least one of those games on the weekend, and then I'll hit you up and see if you can can make the game and give us the the magic fingers that you do, the shooting from the hip. <laughs> you only do that yeah, once we get yeah. at least three beers in you. 
three beers is my max. Unless I'm not driving, then I can I can drink more than that. Yeah. Magic things happen when Ty starts drinking. <laughs> he becomes a lot more, uh, what do you call it, flamboyant out there. <laughs> I'm fun. I'm fun when I'm drunk. I, I got to admit, I'm fun when I'm drunk. You are. You're funny. You know, I can attest to that. Sitting right next to you when we were at that other game it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you you were... Yeah, I mean, you were responsible for giving me that gif, you know, shooting from the hip. So thank you for that. It was fun. It, it was, was fun. fun. If you don't use that gif, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were that disappointed <laughs> in, in me. No, that gift is fire, dude. I know Mac loved it too. So we got to get another one. We got to get you another one. We'll find. We'll make a new one somehow. Yeah, somehow, somehow some way. some way. All right. So as we bring the show to a close here, we're going to go ahead and follow you on social media. And when are you going to be, you know, releasing a new live stream or a new episode of ATL? All right, you can follow me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. That's the Ty J A G E R, just like the alcohol. Hopefully, we can get a new episode of the Line going on to review the All Star Break mid season point. But if you want to check out what we said about the trade deadline right after everything happened, go ahead and hit us up. You can find that at the Line Podcast.com or at the Line Pod on Twitter. And there you go. And you know what? I look forward to you guys at least maybe on a weekend game or something. Maybe y'all can do your Twitter spaces after the game. I really enjoyed the last one you did. I need to do that. I need to take advantage of that because that was honestly a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed listening, you know, and watching, every, you know, listening to everybody have their time to talk. And the good thing about the Twitter space is that everybody's so respectable, man. It's like nothing like you see on Spurs Twitter, which is odd, you know? But you, you, you have to take advantage of it after a win. <laughs> True that. If you do it after a loss... It's not going to be, you're going to be running to uh, what happened with the wizard space that I just happened to jump in. That was a, that was just a shit show. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stay away from that after the losses. But after a win, maybe you can do it. After a win, you should be, it should be fine. There you go. And you can also follow me uh, at Two Shots Podcast. It's all spelled out TWO, Two Shots Podcast. And you can also check us out for the latest episodes of Two Shots at Two Shots Podcast.com. And make sure to check out our friends over at Project Spurs. They have a lot of great stuff about the San Antonio Spurs. And our good friend Paul Garcia has a great follow on Twitter as well because he puts out some amazing stats. So make sure you check out the guys over at ProjectSpurs.com. So for Ty Yeager, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for watching and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stuff the hate. Be kind, we're out. Peace.